welcome to Trap, ladies and gentlemen. Dear listener, it's time to milk the monkfish. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> can I milk you? Hey, you could try. Come on over. I don't know. I got confused. What are we talking about? Welcome to Trap, ladies and That monkfish. He's going places. Like <laughs> my plate after I <laughs> eat that motherfucker. Sitting at top speed down the highway. Trapo! Dear listener. No, wait. tonight. Tonight on Trapo. We're going to be talking about stuff on purpose tonight. And that stuff is going to be, uh, it's going to be comic books. I know, I know. You're like, what are you talking about? What does that mean, comic books? It's, like, it's a very vague topic. I understand. Okay, I get it. You know, back in the day, we read comic books. We'd hang out. We buy some shit, we read it, we talk about it. Superman's got a bigger dick than the human torch. Do you think the human torch has a bigger dick than Superman? I don't think so. I don't think so. I want you to vote on the poll. It's going to be on our blog. <laughs> That's the poll you're going to put up for this episode. Who has the bigger dick, Superman or the human torch? I think I think we all know the answer, but we'll find out. Yeah. There's only one that. correct answer to that one. Thing? Is it Thing? The thing and the Hulk dick. would maybe maybe would be a better. Who's got the bigger dick, the thing or the Hulk? Well, the thing is that the matter Hulk gets, the bigger he gets. So I'm thinking if you get hit, you get him real good, man. He's gonna be swinging around a fucking yeah. bulldozer. You, know? you fucking get him real excited, and then blue ball him. He's gonna erupt. His dick is gonna look like the Washington Monument. I know the thing. I don't know if he has a dick anymore. It probably just turned into fucking like smooth rocks down there. Like, oh, God, he doesn't bone down with that blind chick. Fucking blasted her with gravel. <laughs> just blasted. dusty gravel. Very, very exfoliating. Right, man. I can't tell you the last time I ever bought like a standard comic book. Like it's just a comic book. I mean, not graphic stories but just like a comic book oh man it's been it's been a while who cares i hate to be that way you know because people they, they read their shit online the comics all they got marvel limited dc universe infinite but the thing about that that really bugs me is that they cost the same like if you're gonna buy a copy of a comic book digitally or, or physically it's the same price you do not get a discount for buying a digital copy of the latest issue of detective comics right like four bucks but yeah we used to play what was that one game overpower where like the marvel heroes and the shitty pictures of them like you can can nova beat wolverine yeah, that was cool. We played yeah. that twice and then gave the fuck up. Or we, we both had so many Young Jedi cards. And how many times did we play Young Jedi? Like three times? We played it several times. But Okay. Well, but it, several. But, it, but it, was, it, was, it was like maybe one summer or whatever. And we played it five or six times. And maybe two of those were in the same day. It was probably no more than ten times. Considering the amount of cards that we did have. I feel like we probably should have played a little more for that investment. <laughs> the one card game, at least, that you and I played together that we had the most cards of. Um, we, we had a shit ton of those cards. It's also like, I remember enjoying playing it the few times we did, but uh, I don't remember. I don't know, the last couple times apparently didn't go well, and then we didn't play it again. Half the time you're playing Captain Tarples or some shit, not even a Jedi anyway. Fucking uh, Captain Panaka. That guy. Oh, that guy? Ooh. Eagle eye laser shot that hits you for eight HP, and guess what, motherfucker? You had eight HP left. Now you're dead. Stupid ass know. Captain Tarkal just fucking killed Darth Maul. And you're like, wait, no, no. 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 Captain Tarkal just, just fucking killed Obi Wan Kenobi. 
the fuck? You're just gonna you're just gonna kill the main character of the movie? <laughs> if you're just joining us on tonight's trap, oh, we suddenly pivoted to talking about Young Jedi, the exciting card game from the year 1999. Because that's a game he played seven times. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, seven times. And spent two or three hundred dollars of our parents' oh, money on God. cards. We had so many of those fucking cards, it was obscene. But sir, my bones are old and tired and brittle. You know what else is old and tired? Fucking excuses. So you make me <laughs> this, a fucking cake. All these fucking excuses. Work for me and make me some fucking cakes, plural. I want several. I want to choose. I want choice. Tonight, I want some variety in front of me so I can eat one slice of one cake and for the rest of the fucking trash. Fuck you, old man. I love you too. I should have drowned you in the fucking bathtub when you were a year old. should have let you drown, motherfucker. Oh, is that Alfred? Nothing, Master Bros. I'm just pressing your underwear, I guess. On this episode of Trapo. Alfred Alfred's fan fiction. Cool. Yeah, we're doing some fan fiction. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bruce Wayne's no picker. No, we're not doing that. It's not porn. It's not flash fiction. Not all fan fiction ends that way. Just no. most of it. In this version, Alfred fucking kills Bruce Wayne when he's like nine years old and fucking inherits his wealth. It's like, I'm going to go live like a fucking psychopath with a billion trillion dollars for the rest of my old life. He's out there fucking smoking Cuban cigars and banging the finest steamed hams. He's blasting some caps, you know what I mean? Having a blast, getting blasted. Uh, there's something weighing on my mind recently. Probably clear the air. I, Victor, am the, am the correct. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I'm talking about. Victor. Tonight on Cutlass Supreme. <laughs> Tonight. Go to the Taco Bell drive-thru and order a Cutlass Supreme. They won't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> No, you want that impossible? That impossible Cutlass Supreme? Yeah, impossible Cutlass Supreme? Sounds like some badass weapon you get in an RPG. Oh my god, I got the impossible Cutlass Supreme! I'm Dustin, he's Kai, and we're talking tonight on Travel. I'm never going to let Cuttlefish. talking about Cutlass Supreme. <laughs> no, but let's back it up a bit. Let's back it up. We're going to talk about the stuff. We're going to talk about comic books. You know, back in the day, we used to fuck around. When it first started, it was called Off the Wall in uh, the Wichita Mall. You remember, there were times we would spend the night at our grandmother's house. Basically, it was just we, we would have an excuse to go to the Wichita Mall because it was right across the street. It was just there. We'd spend it was hours like and a, hours there. Grandma didn't have a lot of money, but we could go over there and she would, she would let us. And then buy us the fucking Chicken Littles. They had an arcade in the Wichita Mall. Sometimes, if it was if the right movie was playing, go see a movie or something. I only vaguely remember the arcade. This is uh, much to my surprise. It's still a thing in some parts, in a lot of parts of the country. The U.S. of a quarter bins, fifty cent bins. That's still a thing. It's not a thing here where I live. No, I, I've been to stores and they're like, "Oh, that's uh, it's fourteen dollars." <laughs> I just buy some random comic book from a back issue bin. Do you have like dollar bins? It's like, no, we don't have. Dollar bins, all priced is marked. But apparently, if there's still plenty of places in the United States where you can go and they see dollar bins, maybe fifty cent bins exist, and some in some places quarter bins still exist. I don't know how, but they do. I would kill to get into some real quarter bins or fifty cent bins around here. I would, I would love it. 
Great. I remember there was a, a they weren't comics, but there was like a pop up book sale where they just had a bunch of like tables and some books on it. Well, what's the price on this? They're like, it's the it's the price on the back of the book. It was like fourteen ninety nine for this for this paperback. No, no, absolutely not. The one in the other mall, the other comic book shop, all of the new bins were on top, but all the quarter bins were underneath. So we were always like crawling underneath because all the good shit was buried halfway under this fucking giant conglomeration of tables that were up higher. Yeah. So I remember crawling around underneath looking like, oh, 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 oh this was fucking way back here. So that was one of my fucking stupid but random strategies. I'd be like, I go look for the weird shit like back in the corner where no one's probably bothered to reach. I'm going to go grab a stack of those and go through those first just to see what happens. Sometimes when we were out there, we were supposed to be spending the night at our grandmother's house. We could probably spend maybe two and a half hours just sitting, like you said, on the bottom tier of those those stacked uh, long boxes. Probably about two and a half hours looking through that. We would kill two and a half hours doing that. And it costs three bucks, five bucks. Like I said, these are quarter bins. You're a kid, you don't have a lot of money. And you can get four comics for a dollar, and you got four dollars in your pocket. I mean, you're going to walk out of there with 16 comic books, no matter what, at least. Yeah. You're going out with 16 comics. That's what's happening. Yeah. Grandma didn't have a lot of money, but she always gave us a couple bills to go find some comic books. Sometimes even a handful of quarters. Maybe I already had the handful of quarters, and I, that's what I was paying with. I don't remember. She always had a couple bucks for us. You could spread two bucks pretty far. You get eight comic books for two bucks. That's not bad. That's not bad. So we would kill two, two and a half hours at, at Lobo's Sports Cards and Comics. But because we always bought something, the guys who worked there never gave a shit. We were like nine, yeah. ten years old. Just buying a bunch of cheap comic books. And they're like, well, you know, they're paying for them. We won't say anything. So I got to give them that. I have to give these right. people that. They're How patient they were with something like just two nine-year-old kids taking two and a half hours to scroll through every single comic in those quarter bins to see if there's anything else yeah. they missed. I think part of the other thing was like, we were very respectful of the comics. So we put them back generally close-ish to where we found them. On the bottom, it wasn't that big a deal. So it's not like we were fucking opening the brand new comics and reading them. We were just kind of the little fucking weirdos in the back. And I think, wasn't it the other, it was the comic book store in the other mall that you had the bad experience with? The one in Park Lane, or Park Air Lane, Capital Comics. The, they were those guys they, were assholes. Those, those were the guys who were like. What are you they always had the better selection of comics until they closed because they sucked because the people were just assholes. But yeah, they always had the better selection of comics. Lobo started out basically just as sports cards. So they started diversifying with comic books and then they became mostly comic books. That's when they got a huge amount of quarter bins. You could just be yeah. roll through those all day. We're running out of sports cards, and it's not really hot right now. I got a hot line on a fucking truckload of used comic books. 400 bucks? All right, bring them in. That's how it all starts. Just stacks and stacks and stacks. And like, wow, it'll never end. They had a pretty quick turnaround with a lot of that stuff. You come back two months later, it's basically a whole new collection of mm -hmm. quarter comics. So you didn't yeah. feel like you are getting screwed around by coming back relatively regularly. It was new shit down there. I don't know. We weren't old enough to ask these questions. So I don't know if they well, always wonder if they had some like buyback program where if you came in and shopped all the time and you brought in a big stack and you're like, hey man, you want to give me like five bucks off my order this week if uh if i give you all these old comics because i gotta make more room for the new ones even then you gotta be buying in bulk to be able to refresh that shit they had fucking stacks of comics 
here's the other thing because they weren't organized literally like a quarter of them could have been the same fucking shitty like image comics or some shit that were mass produced that they got a truckload of <laughs> but it didn't feel like that it was a lot of fun dicking around in those yeah. back issues and looking at all the quarter comics and i would One like the... to recreate that i really would apparently because there are so many places around that at least have 50 cent bins it's like well i, w- I would love to find a place that had 50 cent bins are you kidding me there's none of that around here i don't have the choice it's sort of like looking through records nowadays that's the only other thing that's sort of similar there's a big ass pile of some old shit over there i don't know you go through it maybe you'll find something cool there's not a lot of things that are worth really going through like that anymore a lot of like media and art comic books and records they have a cool cover you could buy it just because the cover is badass and strikes you you go oh shit i'm buying that right now i guess you don't do that yeah. I'm there. I, I gotta call my friends and tell them to buy fucking comics with an X, number 32. Fucking Glenn Danzig is buying all their shit because they might be worth some money someday. Or how are you not bankrupt, Glenn Danzig? Seriously, how is that motherfucker not bankrupt? Give me at least five years. Five more years of the possibility of Glenn Danzig not coming to Wichita because he was told by his manager. Don't you ever go to Wichita, Glenn. Don't do it. Career suicide. Only one person will show up at your concert and he'll be very enthusiastic. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Show's over. I love it when you were in the Misfits. You remember that? If you're ever like, if you got the chance to interview Glenn Danzig, don't mention the Misfits. I'll probably punch you in the throat. Ask him about Sam Hain. He'll never shut the fuck up. What else about comics do you like? Oh, I don't know anymore. The last time I was collecting comics, like actual floppy comic books back in the day, was X-Force. It was back when Mike Allred took over as the artist. It was called X-Force, and then like several issues later, they changed the name to X-Statics, with an X at the end, Statics. This is part of an initiative on Marvel's part, weirdly enough, to deprive Rob Liefeld of royalties. Three comic books that were published that had characters that he created. He created the name X-Force when he turned New Mutants into X-Force. That, that was his title. And he created Deadpool in New Mutants. And so Deadpool had his own comic book at the time. Cable from the New Mutants in X-Force had his own self-titled comic book at the time. All three of those titles were canceled and then renamed. Because they didn't want to pay Rob Liefeld royalties for using those names anymore. So they changed the name of all three of those titles. I know one of them, Soldier X, that was the Cable one. I think the Deadpool one was renamed Agent X. And then they renamed X-Force into X-Statics. And they, none of that shit lasted. Well, no, X-Statics lasted. That was a while. They justified the name by saying in the comic books, the guy who owns X-Force in the comic books, because they're like a commercial team. X-Force isn't testing well, so we have this new name for the team. It tested through the roof. Apparently these, these audiences were idiots. X-Statics number one popped up. They're like, what the fuck kind of dumb shit name is this? Like, No, that's the name that they tested. The audiences like X-Statics because they're fucking idiots so they actually made fun of the name of the comic book in the comic book itself immediately the fact that that's true is just so goddamn weird to me what'd that guy do well rob liefeld left to form image comic books uh, like 92 okay. so there's a lot of bad blood there. and but also they would didn't want to give him money by keep, right. keeping that shit around especially with those characters they were kind of cool and interesting characters i was like cable futuristic assassin kind of dude is stuck in your time or however it is that he ended up he had a mission kai he had a mission he had to kill apocalypse and then he didn't kill apocalypse because he's still around but so i guess he failed don't worry about it don't think about it
you know, back in the day, I know I told you part of this. That one guy that fucking I was telling you about earlier, he loved Disney. This was the guy who I used to make comics with back in the day. That oh. was him. Guys, they're not they're not ever going to hear this, so it doesn't really matter. I like to use the last names, but the names were Doug and Kyle. And this is a real story. I'm not making any of this shit up because a lot of it's too pathetic to make up. Fifth grade. I mean, fifth grade. Like, nine, ten years old or whatever. However the fuck old you're in fifth grade. I don't even know anymore. And I love comic books. I had a couple of friends in fifth grade who also like comic books quite a lot. These were Doug and Kyle. Doug's dad, his parents were wealthy considering our financial situation at the time they were doing let's say a bit better than us we were friends we were pretty close we had a good time i was just drawing shit all the time we read comic books well this is the first time by the way i ever had friends who liked comic books my whole fucking life up to this point i never had friends who were into comic books they wouldn't read them i was the only one in my circle of friends who was reading comic books this was the 80s like the late 80s early 90s kids are like what are you talking about x-men batman you mean the movie batman no you asshole so in fifth grade i finally had friends who uh, two friends i'm just one i had two friends who liked comic books they didn't like them as much as me but they liked them and at some point the idea came along i'm not sure who said it but to make comic books like hey, can we make comic books and then try to sell them we're about 10 years old we could try this and luckily doug this is just one of those weird quirks of fate whatever job his dad had i don't even know what the hell it was whatever job his dad had one of the perks of that job was that they installed a xerox like a real deal xerox copier in his house like a professional unit he had to print out and copy a lot of shit people don't understand what a pain in the ass it used to be to try to print something you had to have it in the right format on your computer to hit print half of the time you couldn't even take it to another computer because man they have a different operating system that is not gonna work i remember even in college i remember running from different computer labs because one of them had a different windows operating system and you couldn't fucking print from one to the other so you had to go to the other one to fucking print having like an actual like giant fax copy machine in your house back then was like oh my god and it it had to have been huge i'm sure yeah oh dad has an office not because we're fancy rich, but because he has a fucking giant printer in there and it needs its own room. One of the perks about having that thing in his office was his actual job didn't keep track of the specific number of things he would print or copy. You just used it till it ran out of ink or it broke. It wasn't keeping track out of how many pages you fucking pushed through. <laughs> and then someone would come and replace the paper, replace the toner, and that would be it. It didn't matter how much you copied. But I was talking to my two friends and Doug was like, you know, my dad has a copy machine and i can print stuff for free if we make comic books print them for free we would use the staplers at the school to staple them together we could sell them here basically for free so everything is profit at them because we're not spending money on the staples that's from the school we're not spending money on the copies that's for free from my friend's house all we have to do is supply the labor to make this stuff okay we're 10 years old let's be comic book publishers so we did 10 years old we went into business for ourselves we started making comic books the name of our company we had a company name it was ddk which is really clever when you realize it's just our first names all jammed together that was it we were ddk yeah. comics that was us we would sell comic books the first we had to make them our inaugural comic book was called minky man and minky man was a superman parody in the way a 10 year old would do a superman parody did, it was really did it vaguely look like rayman minky man he was just a bald guy with a giant nose and wore a mask that was it he had a cape but that was our superman 
character, which didn't really make a lot of sense. He was more like a Batman. Only he had some superpowers, but the whole point was he was inept. He was just a terrible superhero. This is the level of our uh, our parody. The name of the character wasn't Clark Kent. It was Bark Bent. Because that's how clever we were. We were we were children. I can't even tell you some of them because I know we at at, at its peak we were publishing. I mean, I say this is like because we were publishing seven comic books in a week. But yeah, at, at our peak, we were actually printing and stapling and selling seven comic books in a week. That was our peak. That was one week. I have to mention that was one week. For one week, we got seven comic books out. Every other week, we were probably two or three. But we had titles like we had Minky Man. We had the Adventures of Minky Man. Which is a spinoff. Yeah, but then we had uh, we had another spinoff called The Adventures of Mr. Pinhead. Now, Mr. Pinhead was a nail. That was his character. He was a nail that was alive and hated Minky Man. He was his nemesis, but his as a nemesis, he's two inches tall. His big thing, he would find a way to put himself in Minky Man's way so that Minky Man would step on him and hurt his foot. In, in Mr. Pinhead's mind, that was diabolical. Like, I can't believe I've tricked Minky Man again. I win. Minky Man's like, ow, I, I hurt my foot. And he moves on with his life. For Mr. Pinhead, it was the most amazing accomplishment he could ever conceive but for me for minky man it was like ow my toe they moves on he's done but from mr pinhead's perspective it was monumental uh, three comic books called for the blood brothers they had zap counter-strike and riptide one of us was responsible for creating each character and then we would come together and make a blood brothers comic book I hate to admit this because it's the shittiest name of the three. The characters were Zap, Counter-Strike, and Riptide. I'm the one who came up with Zap. That was mine. I, they, I felt like a, a, an instant asshole as soon as Doug and Kyle came up with Counter-Strike and Riptide because those are cool names. But yeah, those sound like professional wrestlers or someone who's going to yeah. beat your ass. Yeah, not Zap. Zap is lame as shit. Zap That's sounds bad. like an accident. <laughs> yeah, Zap is a joke. Oh, my Counter- bad. Counter-Strike and Riptide are... Yeah, those that- that works they're coming that, for you zap? whatever's gonna zap? happen something's going down not zap zap, zap sucks you get a zap and you move on but i mean the whole point of the blood brothers was that they were literal brothers who were also mercenaries and each one of them wore a distinctive mask it was black and white it was all black and white but it was a different pattern and that was how imaginative we were our biggest selling one out of all the stuff we had the one that sold the most as soon as you realize it it makes sense it's called deathmatch and it was a mortal combat ripoff this is the time Mortal Kombat was the biggest fucking thing. And this is also the thing we realized. Hey, wait a minute. We can print color copies for free? Not just black and white? Very quickly, we would do the covers in color, but the rest would be black and white. But I made a concession because this is something I had to do for, for Deathmatch because I wanted the blood to be red. And so we would print in black and white, but the blood it would be red. Because it was a Mortal Kombat ripoff, there was so much blood. Red blood smeared across all that black and white paper. I would, I really like Deathmatch because Deathmatch had my favorite character. I made a character called Kyoto, and Kyoto had fucking golden gauntlets with horns on the on the knuckles. So when he was punching oh. you, he would destroy motherfuckers with those things. Brass knuckles, but with a little bull horn on it. Yeah, they had they had fucking horns. Not, not spikes they were horns they were these big curved horns mm. and so he would fucking destroy you i was really proud of of uh, deathmatch because of all the red one of the things we did was we printed enough copies of each comic book so that each one of us would get a copy of everything we made so by the time it was all over theoretically we would each have a complete archive of the gdk comics anthology weirdly enough this surprised the hell out of us we would sell these at lunch hour we would make our comic book 
books, have them all printed out, staple them, and then sell them during lunch and recess. It had to have been 15 cents to a quarter a piece. You think about how you do a mini comic. Take a normal piece of paper, fold it in half, and there's your comic right. book. I think 16 pages was as big as we got, but that's substantial for a mini comic. But yeah, we would, at our peak, we were selling two, three titles a week, and our, the biggest was seven titles in a week. 15 cents piece, and we would sell out every time. 15 copies, 20 copies, 25 copies. We would just sell out. People would buy the shit and they'd be reading it. They'd be reading our comic books. This got to a point it got so weirdly big in our class and in the school that another group of kids from a rival fifth grade class said, hey, you know what? Those assholes are making comic books. We can do the same thing. They had their own rival company that made their own rival comic books. Their flagship title was called Journal. And Journal was about a journal. Anthropomorphic journal with arms and legs. And the whole point of Journal, and his name was Journal, was to teach you the reader geography lessons because journal traveled they actually made educational comic books which is funny to me it sounds like something that like one kid was like i made a comic for science class it wasn't that hard if these fucking douchebags are making money we can figure it out the teacher gave me extra credit for it all right let's do it that's how your rivalry started (laughs) yeah we weren't making money three dollars a month they're bringing in we we weren't doing great we were still in 20 30 comic books a week which you know it's not bad we each of us is probably bringing bringing home right a buck fifty a week we're like we're not gonna fucking earn a living selling fifth grade comic books in high school i used to steal my mother's cigarettes and hawk them to kids for a couple of quarters so i could get some fucking chocolate muffins for breakfast and shit this is fifth grade we weren't thinking about stealing cigarettes at that point we were just fucking stealing paper and ink from doug's dad but the thing the other group didn't know is that you were basically making them for free because they were paying money to print their shit someone was using their pocket change to go to the fucking library and copy yeah. that shit we had a distinct advantage because we had a free copier that could print color it could print i mean really we had an advantage that i was willing to exploit wholeheartedly suffice to say the rival comic book company didn't last too long kind they lasted about a month before they were like you know what this is too much work it's expensive we can't do this we tap out and so ddk Reign supreme. Here's here's the problem, and this is this is where it gets controversial. This is the sad part of the story because everything was we were riding high in a gravy train with biscuit wheels. It was great. DDK was on top of the world. I'm not gonna just you know I know what Jack Kirby feels like, but I know what Jack Kirby feels like. I mean, it's hyperbole. How do you how do you know what Jack Kirby it's, feels? Like? It's hyperbole. Did you touch Jack Kirby? The thing about making these comic books, we were basically using the Marvel method. I didn't know what the Marvel method it was because I was 10 years old but back in the day there was a thing called the Marvel Method. The Marvel Method of making comic books basically amounted to the writer and the artist, the penciler, get together and plot out the comic book. They have a conversation about where this issue is going to go. Sometimes that conversation can be as vague as Spider-Man needs to fight the Human Torch and that's it. Literally all the writer tells you. This is what has to happen in the story. They have to fight. Even if it's just for a page. So the penciler basically makes the comic book on his own, draws the whole thing out, 
Sometimes they ink their own work, usually considering the system they didn't. Penciler, in this case, let's say Jack Kirby, draws the whole issue based on a two-minute conversation he had with Stanley. So after he's written the fucking issue, he's paced out the whole story from beginning to end. He's even written dialogue in the notes. At this point, Stan Lee comes along. His job is he fills in the word balloons and the captions to put dialogue on the story that someone else made. They're not trying to, to completely diminish the contributions of Stan Lee as a writer, but that's basically what Stan Lee did in the 60s in Marvel Comics. Jack Kirby was the guy who made the stories. Stan Lee just wrote the captions and the word balloons. But yeah, Stan Lee, this is the source of controversy that's gone through decades to see how much credit Stan Lee deserves in these comic books versus how much he took. The whole point is Jack Kirby was overworked and underpaid considering the amount of labor he put into creating Marvel comics. But I, I need you to understand both you, Kai, I need you to understand, and I need the listeners to understand, that there is a certain tongue-in-cheek level to this. But I know what Jack Kirby feels like. We made these comic books, these DDK comics. We used the Marvel method, which meant we had a conversation. What was going to go down in this comic book? And this conversation probably lasted about a minute, two minutes per issue. And then me, being the only person who could actually fucking draw, had to draw the comic book. I had to draw an eight-page comic book in a week and uh, then Doug or Kyle would inevitably write the dialogue based on the story I drew out I'm not doing one comic book of a week I'm doing three I'm the only one who drew the comic books so I had to draw them I penciled them and I inked them because I thought that's what you did so I took a ballpoint pen and I inked these fucking comic books based on conversations we were having so I'm, I'm pumping out I mean really in an average week I'm pumping out 24 pages of the comic book I'm 24 fucking I'm, I'm 10 years old the comic books aren't amazing quality they're not stick figures but this shit isn't this isn't like a professional comic book i'm 10 years old but i'm doing three of them a week so you know what that's a lot of work when you're 10 years old you got other shit to do you got fucking you got actual homework to do i don't give a shit if these people are, are, are writing the, the dialogue after i've already done everything else i know what jack kirby feels like i was i was underpaid and underappreciated and eventually it was too much i was like we gotta figure some shit out because i can't keep doing this we gotta figure something out otherwise i have to stop because i can't make comic books anymore yeah but we're getting allowance money like double every week because we can't stop now you better pay some money to make some shit because i can't do it anymore like, i was at my wit's end that's the problem we were successful that was a successful endeavor but i i was 10 years old and i was worn out 24 pages of comic books in a week in a week and then do it again the next week you can't do that it's like a job it was unsustainable i didn't have to worry about that for too much longer because my fifth grade teacher who is just a huge asshole just a complete piece of shit mr roberts he pulled the plug on it said that uh, our selling of comic books was distracting from schoolwork, and he made a bunch of other fucking excuses i mean kids across the school were reading these things and i made a point we don't swear we don't put any nudity 10 years old you could draw titties but we're not gonna do it the thing is you know they nailed me on was deathmatch that's how they they managed to outlaw the comic books because Deathmatch had blood in it. And it was red. It was clearly red. This has violence in it. It's explicit. These kids are 10 years old. We can't show it. We can't have this here in our school. You can't bring these to school in any capacity. None of your comic books can come to school anymore. So our shit got outlawed from the school because of my insistence on, on having red blood in the Deathmatch comic. It was probably about four months when we were on top of the world as comic book 
creators. Like I said, Mr. Roberts basically did me a favor because I was I was I was a ten year old on the verge of an utter burnout because I, I, I couldn't keep doing twenty four pages a week. I couldn't do it. So it was basically a blessing in disguise. But at the same time I was absolutely furious because my violent blood fueled comic book couldn't be shown in this in a in the in the school anymore. Hey, it is what it is. But also like Jack Kirby, I turned in my original artwork to the publisher and I never got it back. Doug kept all the artwork after he uh, copied it. So I never got any... threw it away. No, he, he it. kept it. I know he kept it because when I first got back in touch with him on Facebook, he was telling me about how he still has all that stuff. So yeah, that motherfucker kept it his whole life, I guess, after that point. But yeah, I should I should also uh, clarify, unlike Jack Kirby, my original artwork is worthless. I do have a, the vaguest connection to Jack Kirby in that I can kind of sympathize a little bit because I got screwed over and almost burned out and lost my mind too making comic books when I was 10. Inspired by Jack Kirby even. So there you go. I wish I had some of those comic books. Just to look at them and say, oh my god, that's the worst thing I've ever read in my life. This you is the know, worst comic You would have thrown that shit in the trash. No, I would have kept 27 those. 27 times. Just for nostalgia's sake, those actual comic books, I would have kept those. That meant something to me. I was like, I actually Watched fucking you made eat your own drawings and throw your shit in the fire so many times. I don't know. I believe that. Now these things mattered <laughs> to me because people bought them. People actually paid for this shit. That was it. Like, as far as when I was a kid, I was like, I would love to be able to say I actually made comic books that people bought and read. And then guess what? As a kid, I made comic books that people bought and read. They actually paid their fucking lunch money to buy the comic books I drew and they read them. And they're like, this is good. They actually enjoyed it. These 10 year olds are giving me thumbs up saying I want to read the next the next issue. I was like, oh, I got to get ready. I got to get to work. So yeah, I actually know what that feels like. That's kind of cool. That's kind of a neat idea. That's kind of a cool deal. I made comic books for a little while and people actually read them. I would like to have at least a copy of the first Minky Man. I would like to have, I would have kept that at the very least. Like <laughs> first I said, edition. Hot garbage, but I would have, I, I wish I still had. Doug would make sure we all had copies of every comic book that was made. Mm-hmm. But I lost everything I had in the, in the house fire, 97. All those comic books were gone. Because it's paper and paper burns. So yeah, all my actual comic books went up. All the comic books that I made went up. And, and we everything each... that didn't got hosed off by the firefighters. Yeah, and then ruined in its own Dumped way. in the front yard and hosed off. And each one of us had a copy of Minky Man number one that we all signed. And that's what I, that's re- the reason why I wish we'd still had that stuff, because that would have been kind of nice to hold on to. Yeah, and that was another thing that was really flattering. You would sell a comic book, and sometimes they'd come back and say, Can you sign this? I'm 10 years old, signing autographs. And then three months later, it's like, Hey, guess what? And that matters because it's outlawed now. And that's the thing. Kids have short memories. So a month after that, it's like we never did it. It didn't matter. Everyone had moved on. For a brief moment in time, we were hawking comic books at lunch hour. They were actually selling out every week. That was great. Two weeks later. Hey, man, did you guys see Stargate or whatever? Oh, shit. I guess it's over. It's over. Stargate happened. Minky Man isn't a bestseller anymore. No, that's not fair. Minky Man sucked. Why would you come up with that? Minky Man? I know I didn't come up with that name. That was Doug. I can blame that motherfucker for that part. Minky Man. Mink Trek. That was the, that was the joke. 
It was Star Trek, but it was Minky Man. His adventures were Mink Trek. I swear to God, I, in my brain, I always envisioned it as a TV show in the Minky Man world. The characters were watching. It was Star Trek, but it was Minky Man. So it was the fucking bald guy with the giant nose as Captain Kirk. But that can't be it. I couldn't have been that clever at the time. There's no way in hell it was the TV show they were watching and made a comic book out of it. There's no way. I started reading some comics, uh library app uncanny x-men dark phoenix saga oh for fun yeah i'll be honest i i skimmed through parts of it uh the dark phoenix saga is pretty good chris claremont was basically in his prime time as a writer and john Byrne, fantastic pencil but it was kind of cool because it was also like it is not a happy ending you don't get what you want Dark Phoenix also absorbed a sun and destroyed a planet of 5 billion people. Jim Shooter, who was the editor-in-chief at Marvel at the time, it was his decision. He told Chris Claremont, Phoenix has to die. She fucking destroyed a planet filled with sentient life forms. So Jim Shooter was like, no, as a truly villainous act, she's got to die. Chris Claremont was like, no, she was supposed to live, but she was going to face consequences for her actions. Jim Shooter was like, no, 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 no. She's got to die for this. And they brought her back eventually <laughs> anyway, so it didn't matter. And I, I always felt like that was probably also part of the plot was like, she essentially takes herself out of the plot. Right. Which which means she can come back later whenever you feel like it. Well, the way they actually brought her back, the real Phoenix, the real Jean Grey, was actually in a coma in a cocoon. Didn't they separate her? Yeah, the Dark Phoenix is actually a separate force that took her place the, and, yeah. and trapped Jean Grey in a cocoon in the ocean. That way, when Jean Grey comes back, she's absolutely not responsible. Right, 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 right. I remember that now. Back in the day, there was a period of time, and if we really wanted to, we could have gotten some of those comic books that these days would be insanely expensive. We could have gotten yeah. them cheap. But... We were also, you know getting them from the fucking grocery store when they still had a rack back in the corner. I, re- I remember that was like a weird transition. As we grew older, it went from like a whole section to like a couple of big racks to like one tiny small spiral rack over by where they had the magazines. And it's still fucking weird to me. Every once in a while, I'll turn down an aisle in the grocery store. I'm like, oh my God, this grocery store still has magazines and books in it. 20 magazines all together. Not an entire aisle. Not an entire aisle, but half an aisle of magazines. Uh, yeah, and then half an aisle of books. At least one big section of like top 10 paperbacks and some other things. It was a whole fucking thing. And that and that was one of the things that prevented me from getting into some of those comics was like, I'm not going to pick it up in the middle of the story and not know what happened before or after. So if I can't find the first one or two easily, growing up where we did, if you grew up in New York or some big city where you could go from stand to stand and be like, do you have copy number three? Nope. Do you have copy? Oh, they have copy one and two still, but they don't have three. You can find what you want. But we had like one option, maybe two. And if it yeah. wasn't a second option, five years later, we'd find it in the quarter bin. And maybe. Maybe. And after all your shit went up, it was like, that was also towards the end of the big giant comic book store kind of era. So it really fucking ended an era. I feel like in our lives because it was happening already but for us that accelerated it because it was like well all the other shit you had was already gone a lot of the reason I was into some of those things was because you were into some of them and then it just kind of shit on the parade 
the best deals when I was a kid, I don't know if you remember this, but Town East, the big mall on the east side of town, right outside of Dillard's on the lower level, they had a dollar store and it was literally called Everything's a Dollar, Everything for oh, yeah. a Dollar. That place or, had a bunch those, of the other ones. grab bags of comic books. They were all sealed and they were opaque. You couldn't see what was in these bags, but there were which five is, of them for which a is what bags full of comic books. You're going to go into a store and you're going to find a bag of comic books, five for a dollar. That's better than a quarter bin. That's four for a dollar. This is yeah. five for a dollar. That's one better. So if you go in there and your mom's like, here's three bucks, you can walk out of there with 15 fucking comic books. That's an amazing price. And if you got four bucks, you're walking out with 20 comic books. Yeah. You're, you're getting so many comic books. It's insane. It's obscene. This is the thing. The first time I, I, I bought them, I bought like three packs of comics. 15 comic books for three bucks. You can't beat that. But then I open up those bags. I'm thinking, oh my God, it's going to be Marvel, going to be DC. And these are all comic books from companies I've never heard of. Kamiko, Air Cell, First Comics. It's like, what kind of nerve does a company have to call themselves First Comics? They weren't First. And I get, this is where I get introduced to random issues of Grendel or Mage or Warlock 5, Grimjack or Saber or Nexus. And I'm thinking, yeah. this is the weirdest looking shit I've ever seen. It's the middle of a story arc. You don't know what the fuck is going on. But, you know, I'm like, like, fuck it. I got 15 comic books to read. I'm going to sit down and read them. Otherwise, you just wasted three bucks. I start reading them. They're interesting comics. They got me on a completely different path. Like, there's other comic books other companies and they're interesting entertaining so i have to start trying to find this shit so i started finding back issues in the bins the comic book store trying to fill in gaps these titles that i really like there's more than just marvel and dc and that's how i got started on fucking judge dread he's a he's an institution they love him they, love they do they love them. Reading Judge Dredd comics and shit. Found that shit in the back issue bins. The old Eagle comics reprints of the 2000 AD stuff. I had a complete collection that fucking burned up and it broke my heart. Yeah, the movie. Yeah, I saw that. And there was a code. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was a comic book before that from hearing you talk about it. But then I was like, oh, there's, oh, there's a lot. Oh. And it's still going on. They're still making it. Well, start trying to read shit you never heard of, because it might be more interesting. Yeah. That's the way it works. You gotta get weird when you grow old, otherwise, what's the point? Ladies and gentlemen, Billy D. Monkfish. Make it happen, Billy D. Monkfish. (laughs) He plays Lando, by the way, Billy D. Monkfish, (laughs) the proprietor of Cloud City, with a Mine Tabana Gas. Is it Tabana? I think it might be Tabana Gas. Am I right in this? Is it Tabana Gas? I think it might be Tabana Gas. I don't remember. It was something like that. Oh my god. Tabana Gas Mines. The the Tabana Gas Mines were large floating structures used to extract Tabana Gas. Bespin. Duh. What the fuck is Tabana Gas? Some shit to me. <laughs> oh, Tabana was used as a conducting agent in blasters and energy weapons. Okay. Mm, that makes uh, sense why it would be important in that world, yeah. That's uh, that's more than I ever wanted to know. Yeah. But I looked it up because I'm it's, a fuckboy. right it's up there late. with Back to Tanks. Anyway, this concludes our bullshit comic book talk that went absolutely nowhere, but it happened, and I'm probably not going to cut this into an episode. But if I do, you'll be the first to know, dear listener, because you will cancel Trapo. You will cancel us. But wait, did I just listen to 40 minutes of this asshole not even really talking about comic books? Yeah. Wow. Billy and the Monkfish 
Well, well really, in the morning, not so much. But yeah, this is the uh, this is the end of this is the end of travel. This might be the end of travel. This, could be <laughs> this a... may literally be the end of travel. Cause, I don't know because we uh, we did we did not come up with the subject and like think about shit, and write it down. We didn't do that. We didn't do travel this week. But yeah, it was great. I, I fucked up. Fantastic. I fucked up again. It's great. I can't fucking wait to fuck up next time. <laughs> I can't wait to fuck up next week. I hear on Trapo, the show that talks about nothing on purpose ever again. <laughs> Fucking finished. You're canceled, I'm canceled. Oh, we're, we're canceled. canceled. But if you we... want to be canceled too, dear listener, it's so fucking easy to do. Say some real racist shit in front of a bunch of people and they will tell you to <laughs> go to hell forever. You'll burn. Fucking good guys can't win and the bad guys all got fucking AKs and shit, so fucking Joe Bob's gonna lose his shit and start shooting up Target. Anyway, uh, that's it. I'm sorry, I was getting political. I'm gonna cut that out. Uh, we're gonna talk about something on purpose next time. I swear to God, it's gonna be a real show. We're gonna have a real episode of Trapo, if you want to be a part of this bullshit conversation that no one cares about anymore because Trapo is done, you know what? But if you want to be a part of it, we'd love you to be a part of it. All you got to do is go to the official Trapo blog. We got a blog. We got a Trapo blog. Trapo show at blogspot.com. Jerry, PBO show at blogspot.com. Go there. There's a place where you can comment. You can leave a comment. All you have to do is leave a comment. Type a little bit. Whatever's yeah. on your mind, put a name in there. Don't be anonymous. Leave a name of some Sorry. Don't send us an email at traposhow at gmail.com. Whatever you do, do not send us an email at traposhow at gmail.com. That's all I have to say. They're taking that to heart, by the way. They're... Yeah. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, I don't know. Get the fuck off the internet, kids, because trapo. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Every episode of Arrow was like he shoots an arrow and he wins. That's like the whole fucking. That's it. Yeah, like he, he shoots, shoots one arrow one arrow. He shoots an arrow and he wins. And suddenly he's the Spectre. He's got amazing power. He's gonna save the multiverse. And then he dies, so he's gone. Oliver Queen's gone. And then in this episode, he comes back because now there's a new threat to the multiverse. Flash has to help him. Like, okay, well, I guess it's kind of neat that they get Steven and Mel to come back and play Green Arrow, I guess, for one more time before it all wraps up. Okay, okay, I, I get it. Now I'm thinking, oh, God, this isn't going to happen. We're going to have to contrive some bullshit reason to get Steven and Mel to fire an arrow and win. That's what's going to happen. He's the Spectre. He has magic powers. He doesn't need a bow and arrow anymore. But they're going to contrive some bullshit reason and by the time this episode's over for the Green Arrow to have to shoot an arrow and win. And I'll be goddamned. Even though he's the fucking like embodiment of justice in the cosmos or whatever and can do whatever he wants to save fucking a million planets off screen. But no, he needs to shoot an arrow and win one more time. Otherwise, the Arrowverse makes no fucking sense. I almost puked. It was too much. This is the peak of television. It's never going to get better than this. We had to bring him back one more time to shoot an arrow and win. Bring him back to do some bullshit one more time. This is fucking horrible.